This is Super Yacht Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't already know it, it's Friday. It's Update USS 8 time. It is Kitty McGowan. And it's Kitty McGowan with friends. We've got the wonderful Katie Hagen, who's almost Irish. She's married into Ireland. Welcome, Kitty, to Ireland and the show. And we've got Chris. Chris Coleman. And how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Doing very well. Excellent. It wouldn't be a Friday, Dave, if we didn't have Super Yacht Radio to finish off the week. We're, and we're sad that we're missing your lovely wife, Maeve, but yep. we'll uh, tarry on without her. This is a lame duck session. I think that's in keeping. Uh, you've, you've only got half of us here. you got me. I have been put on strict instructions <laughs> to be mature, to be grown up, to remember people's names, and to not ask silly questions. <laughs> so for the rest of the and, show, I shall be quiet and say nothing. And she's not going to be there to yell at you and say, no politics. The yelling, I don't <laughs> mind, is the kicking under the table. I get a lot of, and I get preemptive kicking. I get preemptive. Like, I know you're going to go there. Yes, these are the <laughs> kicks I get before I even say anything. It's like she knew I was going to say, she expects me to say something, kicks me. And anyway, that's for another show. And I was very proud of you because last week we actually had a gentleman guest who is a lobbyist. So yes. it would have been quite easy for you to uh, Do you know have difficult? gone way off the re reservation and <laughs> and uh, and gone crazy with, with Gene. But, uh, yeah. but it was a very educational show and... Um, do you know how he difficult it was, Kitty? Do you know how difficult it was for me to, to stay on track? And my wife, Maeve, she, no she had her hand on my leg, on my knee, and she was just a constant squeezing Dripping. thing, which I, I knew, like, this is just... So so now, since we it, since it's not view-a-vision, it's radio, uh -huh. so we're going from... From um from us old farts, Dave, to to the younger the younger generation, since you know we we feel it's important. Um, since we're not going to be around forever, Daggummit, and uh, us gray hairs are aging out. And there's a there's I'm very very excited that there's a a whole new breed of of people coming of young professionals coming into the industry. And doing it so very, very professionally. So I, I agree. Uh, with I'm you. really excited about our guest today. I, I agree with you, Kitty. But I would like to say there is nothing that ages a person more than being told they're too old to go into the club. That's when it really hammers <laughs> it home. You know? And and there's nothing. And I remember way back when uh, young professionals were set up. And I remember it was in Monaco and myself and Costas. Remember Costas? Myself oh, and yeah. Costas got so excited. We're like, hey, this sounds good. We should be part of this. Now, because we're in the industry, we want to shape the changes that are going. And so we, we got on got in touch with YPY. We were too old. They said they yep. could, they, they offered to bring us in as guest speakers. I thought, well, am I going to sit in the corner with a blanket on me and they'll wheel me out? And I could speak to We're the gonna young. bring you some milk and cookies and uh, say toddle along, old man. Yes, <laughs> yes. So from from day one, I I wish them ill. I thought any club that won't accept us, but you know they're doing such good work. They're actually they're 
it's it's a really good initiative and we're here to talk it's about it. It's a great it. initiative. But they won't let it, me it in. It really is. Yeah, unless I'm a guest speaker, it, I can't I can't get entry. It's it's quite sad. It's it's tough. It's kinda yeah. like you being with my show, right? You can barely ever get a word in edge. Oh, you and Maeve, tell me about it. But now <laughs> me I and Maeve always take it over. Chick power. <laughs> Chick. And now we have now we have young chicks and old chicks and, and young young uh, bucks here that are taking over the industry. It's a good thing. Uh, the, the industry is in good hands. Which which category do I fall into? Uh, you Let's fall move on. into that <laughs> ageless and exciting category. Oh, sweet. Antiques Roadshow. So, here I come. Uh, <laughs> and actually, we've had Chris before. Chris is a returning, a returning guest with us because we were talking about insurance before. Oh, um, yes, 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 yes. Remember, yes. he's with the Commercial Marine Division mm-hmm. of Oversea Yacht Insurance. Um, it, the, it's the largest family-owned insurance agency in the U.S. and a member of the U.S. Super Yacht Association. Um, mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, he is an alumni of the University of Florida. Go Seminoles, my arch rivals. Although they're, you know, my football team is just not even worth talking about this year. <laughs> um, it's like, do they even play? I mean, my high school team could beat them for heaven's sake. Oh, of Florida. <laughs> um, and he's, but, but Chris is very active in the marine industry down here, and is and has been very involved with the young professionals in yachting. And I think Chris, you're currently the vice president. That's correct. I am of YPY, and mm-hmm. uh, he joined the YPY board as their events chair in 2018. So he's moved up the chain of command very quickly, which shows a lot about his tenacity and. Either that or somebody, nobody else wanted it. So that's that's often the case with, you can with tell. these volunteer boards. He, he, but uh, he so no, I'm just kidding. He, he works very hard and he's very, very energetic and, and brings a lot of uh, maturity and perspective to so many different things. And I'm very excited to have him back um, to talk about this different sector of the industry. And mm-hmm. my other guest is uh, Katie Hagen. She's the co-founder and chief operating officer of FHG Marine Engineering, former members of USSA. Maybe we can fix that. But mm. um, And she graduated summa cum laude from the University of San Diego with a degree in international relations. Um, but she has circumnavigated the globe among the, uh, I mean, aboard the motor vessel explorer. She is an Asian studies minor. She worked abroad in China and, and has been a humanitarian with the International Committee of Red Cross, delegation to the UN, and regional delegation in Washington, D.C. has traveled to more than 30 countries. So I think that Katie can definitely bring a very unique and young perspective to this Young Professionals in Yachting conversation. So, because she's done way more than I have, and I'm like uh, old enough to be her mother. <laughs> so, I was just about so to say. I'm very excited for our guest today. I was just about to say, my only comeback is Hi, my name's Dave, and I've been to Bristol on holidays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yeah. And my name's Kitty. I, I was working on a yacht, you know, and I traveled a little. <laughs> So not only now do I, I work in the nonprofit sector. <laughs> not only do they make me feel ridiculously old that I can't get into the club, I now feel like an underachiever, and also I'm bald. So it's a real winning day for me. Imagine, imagine if you will, there is somebody out there who actually doesn't know what Young Professionals is all about. 
Katie. And I think there probably really are. Yep. And uh, the, one of the latest uh, crown, uh, jewels in Katie's crown is that she received um, um, the U.S. Super Yacht Association's inaugural Young Professionals in Yachting Award um, during this year's annual meeting um, at the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show. And she was one of the nearly 140 people that was actually able to attend in person. So we were excited to have her there to accept her award yes. in person. And um, I remember that. So it was, it was very cool. And that was a very uh, so, quick yeah, acceptance. So. That was a very quick acceptance. <laughs> we were on a tight schedule. I tell you what, it was a <laughs> No, we had like four hours of content to cover in two, so it was it was zooming. But she did great. So, um, so yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about YPY. Yes. What is it first of all? And Chris, Katie, who wants to who wants so, to fight at that? And, and why am I too old? I'll, I'll take a swing at it. Um, so, Young Professionals in Yachting was founded back in two thousand nine here in Fort Lauderdale. It's the uh, founding chapter. Uh, we now have six chapters worldwide. We're getting ready to uh, open a seventh chapter in Greece. Uh, we have we have chapters in Monaco. We have a chapter in Germany and Holland, uh, in the UK, as well as in New Zealand, with Spain and Italy uh, in our sites as well. Uh, Young Professionals in Yachting was founded to create a, a homogenous group for young professionals in what is an otherwise uninviting uh, industry uh, where there's not a lot of knowledge transfer, there's a lot of protectionism. Uh, and so it can create a bit of an isolation for, for young professionals trying to break into the maritime industry. Uh, so the purpose of YPY was to um, provide a home for, for like-minded, ambitious, um, ethically driven professionals to gather, to network, to share ideas, and ultimately bring uh, the marine industry into the 21st century and, and obviously moving forward with, with future generations. So let me ask you, Chris, with that, um, do you have to be currently in the yachting industry to join YPY, or is this also an opportunity for people to um, learn more about the industry and get involved that way? So that's a great question. Um, the the parameters of our membership do entail that you need to be between the ages of 21 and 40 uh, and land-based specifically. Um, so it's not a membership that's meant for captains and crew. It's it's truly meant for for those individuals who are shoreside uh, to to be able to to collaborate and gather. Um, we obviously are very active in the community. Um, and trying to bring in uh, younger uh, generations who are not quite of age. Uh, I know that in the past we have partnered uh, with the Marine Industry Association of South Florida, as well as with USSA, on some initiatives and in, in educating uh, younger, uh, ambitious um, marine industry-focused uh, individuals. Uh, but we aren't currently in a position where we are, are as much of an educational forum, uh, more of a supporting role and, and providing uh, insight uh, to those who have already created these tradesmen programs and educational opportunities. No, I've just, I, I mentioned that mostly because 
it's so unique. I mean, the the, mo the yachting industry on its own is such a unique thing. It's not like, you know, you you wake up, you go to college. I want to be a yachting professional. I want to go into, you know, yacht association management. I mean, most of the people that I know in the business have fallen into it backwards by chance, by happenstance. And so there's not a clear pathway to finding our industry. I mean, that's where love it or hate it, um, you know, below deck has opened the eyes of a lot of people in places that don't have these big yachts out there, outside their door as a potential career path. Um, and again, you know, it's, it, it, you don't want everyone to think it's just a shag fest across the, you know, the Mediterranean or wherever. Um, but it is a real true, um, genuine industry with, with high paying jobs and, and, and good opportunities. If you have, if you have skills, if you're willing to work and, and that's where I was just curious is that, you know, how, how do we kind of, again, recruit and get new people and, and to find those new people to kind of bring them in and say, Hey, right. this is an opportunity you know, to get into marine insurance or into FHG marine, marine engineering. I mean, the trades is like the, the most challenging aspect of our industry, um, you know, to find people to do it. You know, oh, right. Are we, are we it, actually it truly is. We, it truly is a bit of a, a diamond in the rough, if you will, um, from, a, from a perspective that it just doesn't have, uh, and to your point, Below Deck was a great, uh, for better or for worse, uh, opportunity to shed light on an otherwise unknown career path. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, we were talking prior to the show, uh, and I used some some radio lingo. I did not go to school for marine insurance, uh, surprising as that may be or not. I actually was a radio uh, DJ for three and a half years while I was studying for my telecommunications degree. I was an on-air radio host. Uh, so I've gotten. Uh, Do you want a job? I started in a very different track. Me too. I was in the same exact thing. My degree is in communications. I had radio shows in college at, at, in Tallahassee, granted not Gainesville, um, but um, but yeah. So it's it's again. I I dated a boat captain and said, wow, this is kind of cool and fell into it that way. And then used my degree once I got out to work on the industry side of things and have been kind of navigating my way through it um, for 30 years. So Katie, so, what's your radio experience? <laughs> experience. I'm the odd one out here. Um, so obviously I'm a, more nervous, I think, than the rest of everyone with their comfort level. On. Now, you oh, know, now you know how no, I she's feel. She's traveled 30 countries as an international delegate for the UN. I doubt that, that yeah, you're yeah, nervous yeah. about this. Come on. <laughs> but, so Katie, how did you, how did you get into this? Um, I, kind of the same way, as you say, kind of fell in backwards. I mean, I had, I had done some sailing, you know, I was working, on the MV Explorer as a, you know, paying my way as a work study doing semester at sea as a librarian. And then I really hadn't thought much more after that of doing anything in maritime. I was working in New York, as you mentioned, doing uh, work at the UN. I was doing humanitarian work, really ready kind of at that stage, you know, um, for something just to kind of get out of Manhattan. I was ready for a change. And then now, you know, my, my two current business partners were Richard and Rob, 
were looking to come ashore. They had been sailing commercially and we were kind of, you know, spitballing this idea of what could we do. And so we kind of really kind of banded together the three of us and kind of combined, you know, my business expertise with their, you know, technical skill set and then kind of formulated this business. And I had wanted to do a business, you know, a few years before and I, it wasn't really, it didn't really come together. And so this kind of was an idea of like, you know, let's see what we can do as, you know, three millennials. And, um, you know, so we moved down here from, we were all in Manhattan, uh, in New York and uh, we moved down to South Florida because this is really the yachting capital of, of the U.S. and um, kind of hit the ground running from there. So we're about two and a half years in now, but yeah, kind of a wild ride, very, very different and, and not what I probably would have thought I would be doing, you know, 10 years ago, but I'm excited. Humanitarian to marine engineering. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that thing that you think about. That's kind yeah, of what we got, you know, so <laughs> natural. Yeah, it's very different. Natural progression. Natural progression. Exactly. I can That's see exactly where it, it comes to mind. UN to, you, you know, to the, to the, to the super yacht industry. Yes. I mean, but I think, I mean, for, you know, we talk about the young professionals. I think that's where, for me, it made a lot of sense of, you know, for this industry specifically, you know, you've got so much at stake, high liability, you know, big expense. So that professionalism is kind of where I kind of tied in for our businesses. It's kind of linking in that, you know, attention to detail and, and working with, you know, high level, high profile folks that, that really demand a lot and expect a lot. So, you know, making sure that you're delivering on that. And especially in our case, you know, being young, you know, that definitely you know, sets you back a little bit because you got to, you got to earn your stripes and you got to prove yourself. So um, having that kind of business background a little bit and, and working in that field, I think uh, has been you know helpful for us. But like you say, it's, you know, most people I think come to this industry in so many different ways. And I think that's what makes it so fascinating and actually really diverse is that, you know, it's a global industry and everybody's bringing something else to the table. So I, I really, I mean, I've really loved working in the industry so far. So. It, because Dave is the same. I mean, he's now doing radio, but he was working in communications and VSATs on, on yachts. So yeah, I, I started off writing software, then I accidentally, uh, I, I was buying a potato peeler in Antibes. And I did a favor for somebody, turns out her husband was on a boat, yada, yada, yada. Next thing I know, I'm in a boat in Croatia uh, fixing a VSAT system that I'd never seen before. And uh, all because I bought a, pa a potato peeler. So, yeah, that's <laughs> the how. The power of the potato and, says the guy from Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> you have you need your potato peeler. It's it's it's. Uh, we crucial. know about the power of potatoes from Ireland. Absolutely, and you know it's great being home. I've actually got a choice of proper potato again, so that's another story. And uh, and then yeah, in Antigua doing a charter show, had a stupid idea to set up a radio station. That was what three years ago, four years ago now. And here we are. Headphones. Yes, I, and then remote? you then you had this brilliant idea to do this weekly show with the ah, crazy redhead. So you see? <laughs> it was a, it was the worthwhile path. It brought me closer <laughs> to you, Kitty. <laughs> we certainly have had some fun. I mean, we yeah. started this whole crazy ride through COVID, and uh, right. it has. It, we've had some fun, but. Uh, so let me go back to you, Katie, real quick. I mean, as a, as a millennial, you know, millennials often get a bad rap for having not a particularly strong work ethic, for not potentially uh, paying attention to detail, complete opposite of all the things that you've just said. Um, do, do you think people pre 
judge you guys or prejudge you, you know, for that because of your age? Are you finding that to be a barrier to business or? I think initially when we first started the business, I think, you know, you definitely got, I, you know, some sideways looks thinking like, how old are you doing this? And you, you definitely have to overcome that. I mean, I think one of the benefits of, you know, for us joining YPY from the start, you know, I think it was our first meeting. It was actually USSA at Carlos and Pepe's. Yeah. Uh, where we actually got recruited into USSA and YPY. And for us having that camaraderie, you know, because most of the folks in YPY, you know, are small business owners. I mean, you've got, you know, 20 year olds to 40 year olds that are running their own businesses. And, and I think for us having that network and having that group to support each other along the way and, and kind of, you know, um, bounce ideas off of each other and, and find ways of working, I think for us has really been invaluable in terms of building the professionalism, because when you have, you know, network and resources to, to go to, you know, you're not just a solo, you know, millennial, you know, trying to, trying to do a startup, you know, you have, uh, you know, things at your disposal. And I think for us, that camaraderie has really been key. Um, and for so many of young, you know, YPYers in general, I think is um, helping grow the industry that way. And, you know, being the next generation, um, you really have to, to hustle, you have to put the work in. And, um, and that's not something, you know, I take lightly, I think, you know, we, we understand you've got to prove yourself. And there's a lot of great companies and, you know, um, in the industry. So if you're going to be starting out, like, you gotta, you gotta do the work. Could, so. could I ask you, Katie, wh- what do you think the challenges are with millennials? I mean, wh- when when I was kind of coming up and getting my first jobs, etc., we didn't really have um, a label, you know, as such as we were just too bloody young. But we were, you know, it, it, there was no big difference between, say, me twenty to thirty. Um, versus, say, my father, 20 to 30. But um, the 20 to 30 these days, they're in that real dot-com explosion, the Google world, the, the Instagram influencers. So th- th- it's a whole, it really is a different profile. It's not just age. Uh, there's other nuances. I would say it's probably, I mean, I you know, we're obviously on the trade side of it. I would say that it's really been the deterioration of a lot of trades, honestly, like that kind of work ethic that, you know, put in the hours. Hmm. I think, you know, a lot of culture has shifted a lot. And so trying to, to bring it back to that and, and build that, you know, that work ethic and that, you know, roll up your sleeves kind of attitude is, I think there's been a shift. I mean, I acknowledge it, you know, even for us hiring, it's been a challenge, but the one thing I would say that's been really positive in the last year, you know, that we've been working on is there are, there's a big push for, you know, building the trades back. And, you know, we just signed on um, in the last month or two and we'll be launching in January for, you know, a yacht service uh, apprentice program that's starting uh, with the Marine Industries Association of South Florida and the Florida Department of Education. So I think, you know, that it's been acknowledged. And I think that there is like a hunger among millennials to, to do this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, there, people are seeking it out. You know, I think they're realizing that student loans, I mean, I'm, you know, example of that, you know, you know, you, you go to these private universities and you come out with a lot of debt. And so I think that's and no job and no, yeah, no jobs. And I think it's, it's really frustrating and it's hard to, it's, it's hard to see a future in that. So I think with the trades, I think, especially with yachting, there's so much opportunity in maritime, you know, you have a skill set that everybody wants. It's in high demand. I mean, we really can't find enough people to do it. So that's really, you know, what I've, and YPY and, you know, folks like Chris have really done a lot in terms of education is really pushing that to the high school students, the interns, 
Um, you know, we've had three this summer and spring. Um, you know, giving them the exposure. I mean, you know, I did internships in school unpaid, but, you know, doing them, you know, paying them and saying this is, you know, this kind of work is valuable and, and showing them and, and giving them different exposure to say there's so many different avenues, whether you want to do hydraulics or engine work or, you know, um, that's just, you know, I think giving that kind of experience because maybe, you know, their parents didn't have that experience. And so now, you know, they, they you know, maybe didn't come to it that way. But with a lot of these education programs, I think that's maybe the, the touch point. All you need is one one little touch point and that can change someone's life. I mean, for me, semester at sea, I found a flyer and that was the end of it. You know, like you just never know how much that's gonna, one little moment will change I, someone's life. I bought life. a potato peel. Well, it's like the, 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 whole th- the whole push was, and it became the, the dream that you're successful if you go to college. Right. You know, it's like it was that whole big push is that you you have to go to college, whatever you do, go to college right. and, you know, getting that, you know, getting your degree, then you can do anything. Right. Um, and that is in like you're saying, I mean, I took me 10 years to pay off my student loans yeah. Yeah. and, you know, and it put me, in, you know, comparative disadvantage, you know, having to pay that for 10 years. Um but I mean, I was, you know, lucky and I worked, I had three unpaid internships during college, you know, working in radio stations and doing a bunch of work that I was able to get a job right out of school. And, um, but it, it, you know, I think that that shift, I mean, now if you went to a two-year trade program in plumbing or engineering or, um, you know, anything, uh, welding, I mean, you could have a job tomorrow, um, and, and a really nicely paying job, even just painting. Um, it's, I mean, like I, I have a, our, our latest new member, he, all he does is fix doors. He used to manufacture the big hydraulic doors on the, on the yachts. Mm-hmm. And now all he does is fix them and he can't get enough people to help him do the work. So, I mean, he can't keep up. Yeah. And, mm. and and it's because you have to have some sort of engineering, you know, and some sort of hydraulic knowledge. I mean, you can teach it, but it that takes time. There's you know, definitely so. no gap. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I've never been on a yacht that didn't have a busted pair of doors at some stage. <laughs> That's true. At some <laughs> stage. And you know what's awful? It's when you're expecting the damn thing to open, and it's so embarrassing when it doesn't, and you're still walking into it. Uh, yeah, that, that's happened so many times because you're distracted. It'll open. It's a, it's a super yacht. Of course, it will open. Hell, of course. Hell no. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, what about you, Chris? How did you end up in this this, this crazy uh, um, boating world? So it's it's funny because as you had mentioned, I I had also started out in the radio industry, and um, unfortunately. There was not a, a long-term career path in radio, uh, as you can imagine, with the the evolution of Spotify and Pandora and, and, and all the digital um, venues that, that exist now. Uh, so I actually was a, a bit of a journeyman starting out post-college. Um, and, and so once I finally fell into the industry, uh, I fell in love with the marine aspect of insurance in particular. Uh, and let's be honest, uh, as far as trying to entice uh, up and coming uh, Gen Zers or whatever we're calling the next generation, I can assure you that insurance is not at the top of their list. Uh, it wasn't at the top of mine, uh, but it, it did. It absolutely grabbed my attention. And, and I've spent 
uh, more time than I care to admit um, doing the research and, and trying to make sure that I fill the knowledge gap uh, between my peers who are 30, 40 years older than me uh, and myself. Uh, and, and that's kind of the big issue that we have in the marine industry as a whole and why YPY became such a crucial element to the advancement of it locally here uh, in the South Florida area, but also worldwide. Uh, there's this gap of, of knowledge trans, transference. Um, you know, you, I had to learn it the hard way, so you have to learn it the hard way. Well, that's mm -hmm. not how that's not how the industry grows. So if you have person with 30, 40 years of experience, and they're not willing to teach the next generation, that knowledge dies. Uh, and, and now we're having to reinvent the wheel and learn the hard way. Um, and so to piggyback a bit on what, what Katie was talking about, um, you know, it's been a really, really ch big challenge to, to find people to fill those gaps. Uh, the insurance industry in particular has a huge uh, gap in experience and in just overall um, manpower, woman power uh, for both. Um, and so this, this opportunity for us to, to kind of cultivate and, and make sure that people know that these, these lines of, of work exist and you know, they're paying 15, 20, 25 percent more than their non-marine equivalents, it's huge. Um, but to circle back, for me, um, you know, I kind of fell into it backwards. It, it was it was really, uh, I was looking for something a bit more um, stable. Uh, insurance is probably one of the most stable things you can do. Um, and where better to do it than in a glass tower looking at mega yachts all day long? Yeah, that doesn't suck. Yeah, no, it doesn't really <laughs> suck at all. Gee, hard, hard luck, Chris. You fell. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Next time you're back in town, feel free to come visit the office. We we have we have been told we have the view of views for uh, for office work. Well, do do you have a, an old person's lift that can take me in my Zimmer frame, or is it all designed uh, all designed for young? I wouldn't trust the lift. <laughs> I wouldn't trust the lift. It's it's uh, it's hit or miss here. Well, where is your office, Chris? Out of interest, we are based at the Bahia Mar Yachting Center, where the uh, Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show is hosted every year. So okay. we are in the glass tower overlooking uh, the marina and the field docks, uh, right over the face dock. You really couldn't get a better address, now, could you? No, I no. Yeah. <laughs> And Annie has youth and good looks as well. Well, let's move back to Katie. <laughs> back, yes. back to, yes, young and good looking. I know. Us, us, all right, Dave, us old, old folks up here. I believe I can mute him from here, can't I? I thought I had that control. <laughs> how, how long is... No. Uh, no. How long has YPY been going? About 10 so YPY now? has been around for, for about 11 years now. 11 2009 years. was when we started. Um, we started a chapter in London. Uh, I believe that was around 2015. Uh, and from there, it expanded uh, to Monaco and Germany, uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, it was. Actually, I remember now because I was literally only a few weeks too old to join. 
Oh, we should have grandfathered you in. That's no, not fair. I think they designed grandfathered you grandfathered. in. <laughs> <laughs> nice choice of words, Chris. <laughs> I, I don't want to come to your ivory tower now. I mean, you got that, lady. We're gonna you, grandfather you in, Dave. Did you feel that as well? That's. I don't know what to say to that, Chris. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's like okay. Well, thank God, thank God, I'm losing my hearing. Otherwise, I could have been really insulted. And hurt. What? Huh? What, what was that? If only I exactly. If only I so, could remember. So let me ask you guys. <laughs> getting back to YPY, um, I know in our world with USSA, um, you know, it, actually St. Patrick's Day here in Fort Lauderdale, um, the the world stopped and everything shut down and it uh yeah it's been total it's just been total crap um and we can't meet in person which is why i was determined to do our annual meeting even some of it in person and i was super happy that we were able okay, to th do that and this everyone's like no way no one will come no one's gonna be there and um and it and it, it went really well but how, how has COVID impacted um, the YPY? Because, I mean, I know that, you know, it's, it, it tends to the, the, the pandemic, the, the coronavirus, um, um, doesn't seem to have as much or as, as a significant of an impact on youth. Um, I mean, has, has, have you guys seen a significant impact among your, your peers and how is it impacting your ability to network, et cetera? So it's been it's been pretty um, pervasive uh, in impacting our organization, much like it has, you know, USSA uh, and, and MISF and other other industry associations. Uh, we, as as along with everybody else, at the very beginning, um, transitioned from in person networking events to to Zoom calls, uh, and subsequently uh, Zoom fatigue. Uh, followed, obviously, and and I can assure you that after the first fifteen or twenty between three or four organizations, you it just the burnout happens, and, and so uh, we saw attendance to those types of events drop off, and so we uh, tried to get a bit more creative in in kind of brainstorming with some of our other chapters. We did a a wine tasting, a virtual wine tasting. Um, we've had. Uh, some opportunities where we've done beach cleanups um, in which, you know, there's some social distancing, it's outdoors. We're still doing something productive and, and, and helpful for, for both our community and for, for ourselves. I mean, general exercise is still key in trying to stay healthy during a pandemic. Um, but then also we've, we've tried to think outside of the box and we started a uh, more recently started an interview series uh, where we are interviewing industry Titans uh, and, and, trying to get a bit more of a uh, of a a content base that we can share both domestically and internationally uh, i was the interviewer for our first episode uh, with patrick knowles from patrick knowles designs um and and with some good reception there uh and and we've got big ideas uh, but obviously everything comes down to making sure that we are protecting our membership that we are following the appropriate guidelines, that we've got our finger on the pulse to make sure that we aren't being insensitive 
so that's why we haven't really tried to uh, buck the trend of of the in-person meetings. We're, we're not forcing the envelope. We've seen some positive opportunities. Uh, uh, the Marine Industry Association in particular had a had a speed networking event that was social distance, and there was a lot of precautions put into place. The Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show uh, was the has been the largest event that was hosted in the United States since COVID, and they did it from what I understand with very high success with respect to um, the implementation of the guidelines that are required. Uh, and so we're taking kind of tabs and and, and making bullet points for ourselves to think about as as hopefully a vaccine is is released in the near future and we can start to plan forward for 2021 on how to integrate these networking events back into our calendar because it truly is the bulk of our association or our organization's purpose uh, the in-person networking is is truly why is the biggest return on investment for our members yeah, I mean, it's difficult to build relationships on a Zoom call. I mean, right. it's it's just not the same. I mean, it, it, it is a it has filled its purpose and it has, you know, filled a gap. Um, and, you know, it, and in some ways, I found that it's made people extraordinarily lazy, myself included, where you then, you know, like, oh, you can barely have to get dressed or, yeah. you know, put makeup on or do anything. Uh, you know, you don't have to leave the house and you can get a lot more done um, or you don't have to leave your office or wherever. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually finding it harder to get people to, to go back to some normality and to, you know, to, to get out of their office. Um, I, I always find, I find those people who don't turn the cameras on the most suspicious ones because you know they're, they're there they're, they're, wearing, so they're wearing the wives uh, dressing gown because they couldn't be bothered getting their own <laughs> they have their hair in curlers yeah and uh no usually what i find when they don't have their camera on they're doing 12 other things at the same time and yep. then you know they're not engaged you know they're not plugged in um they have it on just to be there because i've done it I mean, there have been times when you're just like just trying to keep your head above water and, you know, you have your 14th Zoom meeting of the day and you're just like, please just shoot me now. Um, I'll tune in just to cover, you know, cover myself. And if I hear something, then I'll turn my camera on or something. But, but of course, um, you've got the Zoom victims like uh, Jeffrey Tobin, who's yes. lost his career. I mean, you have to be very <laughs> oh, careful what you're Zooming. You have to be very careful about what you're doing or what might be in the background. And I know I'm, I'm renovating a part of my house now. So I've moved a bunch of crap out of that other room and it's stacking up around me. I'm going to have to pull my green screen up in the future, but yeah, like you can, you can tell a lot about somebody's back of their, their picture. You say, okay, well, Kitty's got a lot of crap in her office. I will say though, I to touch base. I, I know earlier we were talking about um, the perception of millennials in, in general and young professionals, and and I do think that this pandemic uh, has started to shine a light a bit on how that perception is a bit flawed. Because uh, unfortunately, uh, for better or for worse, um, our generation has been able to integrate or 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 transfer into this work from home 
scenario a bit more seamlessly than maybe some of our older peers. Uh, and what I found in both, you know, my personal experience as well as in, in you know, anecdotal support from, from some of our members is there's no turning it off. There's no nine to five with the pandemic and mm -hmm. with the millennials who live and die by their cell phone. You know, I know from personal experience that I, I probably, if I were to calculate it, work 80, 85 hours a week because I'm checking emails on Saturday. I'm sending, you know, correspondence on Sunday at 10 PM. There's no 40 hour weeks for millennials. So the, the perception that, you know, we're not working hard, we're not, we're not, you know, in the office enough, it's, it kind of falls flat on its face with, with the way that the pandemic has, has kind of shown a light on how work is truly performed. Uh, Cause clocking in and clocking out is kind of a, is kind of a thing of the past of the 20th century. We, we are never off. Um, you know, if a, if a boat catches fire at three in the morning, guess who's got to answer the phone? Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it, well, it, it is really changed. Sorry. I think young professionals bring a lot back to the table with respect to their ability to transition to this change. But what is, but what is bad crap always happen at 3 a.m. in the morning? Hillary Clinton, that was 3 a.m. in the morning. Well, didn't you know that the, <laughs> first of all, the virus only transmits after 10, which is why they have these curfews at 10 o'clock. Because ah. that's after 10 o'clock is when that virus is really bad. And so you have to go home. <laughs> and then bad well, Dave, the only time, the only time to, uh, the only appropriate time to have a bonfire on a boat is not during the day. It definitely has to be at three in the morning. Three in the morning. So. Right. Yeah, <laughs> best so time to have a fire on a boat. But that's a very good point, Chris, about um, the you know being able to um, being tech ready shift into a more digital space because you live in the digital space. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, my mom included. My mom zooms. My mom's eighty two, and you know, so you know, she's. But it's taken a lot for me to get her there. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, in terms of having to show her how to do it and, you know, and she's very high at risk. She has a bunch of comorbidities and um, and so she has to be extra careful. I, I, but, you know, and it, but it's but it took a lot more for her to figure that out. And I never had heard of Zoom before this. No, I, I so, came from a I don't think anybody had. No, we no were I know Skypers. a lot of people that, that work, you know, nationally and internationally, but clearly not since then. Sorry, Dave. No, I was, I was just, because I, I agree with you. Millennials, um, very much more tech ready because they, they've, you know, it's been their their childhood, their teenage years. It's it's been very screen orientated. But one thing, and during the summer, during COVID, uh, we did some talks with um, employment agencies and with some captains about, and we spoke about millennials and the difference from a crewing perspective of having millennials on the boat. And pretty much what, what the common things that we, we heard of, uh, what one in particular was um, attention span. They gave it far less. If they didn't like something, well, left swipe, I'm out of here. Um, Forgive the Tinder thing. You probably have me. I need to explain that one to you, Katie. Tinder's an app that. Anyway, we'll come back to that. But <laughs> <laughs> probably knows about it, Dave. Yeah, you'll know about it, Kitty. But yeah, Katie won't know this stuff. Um, yeah, but swipe right, swipe left. Yeah, yeah up no, down. No, well, actually, don't swipe up down. That's a totally different thing. Uh, but <laughs> the, the 
the um the, the thing that captain, like, oh captains were saying uh that you know millennials had if they didn't like the situation they'd up and go um that their attention spans for doing particular tasks uh, especially mundane ones was not what they would have wanted so I agree with what you're saying, but did, do, do you find that millennials had a shorter attention span when it came to Zoom meetings, that they suffered burnout quicker maybe, or was that your experience? Uh, I would uh, I would have to agree with you on that, and I do think that that's a fair assessment uh, of this generation, uh, is that lack of of long-term captivation is i think the appropriate way to, to phrase that shiny object it, girl kind of thing yeah <laughs> squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> yeah so it, 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 it that's a fair judgment i think that that is something where we've become an, an a generation of instantaneous gratification and so if it's not awesome immediately, well, there's obviously something awesome somewhere else. So I should just go find that. And and so the concept of sticking it out uh, is, I think, been lost. Uh, and it's not, I don't think it's a universal theme for the generation, but I do think that uh, it certainly is more pervasive than than I would, would like to be uh, attributed to. Um, but that's a fair assessment. I do think mm-hmm. that 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 probably did contribute to to Zoom fatigue, especially for our for our generation and our our professionals. Um, but then again, it also just boils down to there's there's not a whole lot of networking that can be accomplished digitally. Um, you know, my job, uh, nobody wants to take a phone call from an insurance agent and just shoot the breeze uh, about mm-hmm. their business when you don't know the person on the other line. It's, we have, you know, obviously we have to collect sensitive information like, mm-hmm. you know, your payroll, how much are you making? Uh, there, there's a lot of, of things that if there's no interpersonal communication in face-to-face interactions, why would you do business with this person? You, you, uh, and so that, I think, has a big play in, in the Zoom fatigue. But, but overall, I think I would have to agree that our generation does kind of suffer from that um, that. ADD of sorts, uh, for lack of a better uh, oh, that's, analogy. I mean, I have kind of a comment on that because, in some ways, I see it, and in some ways, I don't. Because, I mean, we're also the generation that binges, you know, Netflix for twelve hours, and you know, guys play video games for ten hours straight. I, I think the millennial group is, you know, it's passion driven. So if they can't immediately see, I'm passionate about this, I want to be doing this, then they kind of like tap out, and I think. Part of that back to the education stuff is really building like the long-term goal and it's like you know for me you know sometimes we're carrying buckets and it's not it's not fun you know but it's like what is the goal what is the, what is the overall passion that you're striving for and i think that like you know the big picture you know maybe in past generations it was the big picture of you know like you're building the family log cabin and you saw what that did for you and your family i think now it's like we have to redefine what that is for millennials you know back to the you know going to school and having student debt and things like that we're we're redefining like what is the investments we've made and and how do we channel that passion so we don't just immediately you know when it doesn't go the way we expect it to tap out and i think it's this kind of frustration that it's not 
what people thought it would be, or they didn't, you know, and we, you know, we find it with, you know, our business, you know, you, you take on interns, you take on, and, and it's hard work. So it's like, like, you know, I know, you know, uh, Dirty Jobs has talked about this a lot is, you know, how do you, how do you bridge that gap of, you know, it's, you know, he always says on Dirty Jobs, you know, like how many people are passionate about, you know, cleaning chicken coops, you know, but it's like, well, what is the big picture there for the family, for you? Like, what are you, what are you trying to build? And I, I think for YPY, I would say that, so many of the small business owners in that group see that, you know, and they're starting out small. It's just maybe one or, you know, they've got one business yeah, partner but, and they're growing their company. So it's there. I think it's just, you have to just find that, you know, tap into that. I, I, but but uh, doing, you know, binging Netflix, binging Netflix and um, uh, what was the other example you gave? Video games. That's not passion. That's OCD, isn't it? In opposed to being. Well, I, I'm just, I'm just commenting on, you know, the, the, the we can't hold attention. I think. Yeah. They can hold attention if it's something that, that if, they want or that, that it's yeah. there. If, yeah. if it's not the gratification that they're looking for at that particular yeah. time, then Move it's on. like, okay, next. But yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, I mean, I'm like, I'm kind of like that. I'm completely ADD. I'm like, oh, look, look a chicken, you know. Um, but but I've been able to manage that, you know, with taking notes and keeping things going. Um, but uh, but let's go back to YPY. So now to the people that are listening, because um, we're getting to the top of the hour, um, how would somebody, if they wanted to join YPY, how would they, how would they do that? And what what is the the cost and where do they go and and um, how do the different chapters operate? I mean, do they have to join in one particular chapter? Do you know how are they integrated? Okay, um, happy to answer that. So the the easiest way to get more information uh, because obviously our listeners are are around the globe uh, and each right. chapter is is unique. Uh, each chapter runs their meetings in their own manner. Uh, some are quarterly, some are monthly, like the United States. Uh, some are only annually or semi-annually. So each chapter has a different format. And the easiest way uh, to find a chapter that's closest to you that that is that is going to, to fit your needs would be to go to our website at ypyinternational.org uh, and then select the chapter. And there's an opportunity within some of the, the, the tabs to complete a form, uh, an application form. Uh, I know for the United States chapter, our dues are $150 annually. Uh, I, I cannot speak to each individual chapter's dues. I, I, I'm not on the international board uh, just yet. So I'm not 100% aware of what everybody else is charging. Uh, but there is a load of information on the website for each chapter. You can see the mem the, uh, the board of directors for each chapter and learn a bit more about them. Um, and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, we start to be able to have uh, meetings in person again. I do know that throughout the pandemic, we have still received inquiries. We've added new members here domestically, um, and they've all come through, um, you know, outreach through the website. Uh, it's it's a really good resource, and there's some content on there uh, that we can share, uh, both with respect to volunteer opportunities and 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 the mentorship program, which we didn't even say, touch just, base on. I know we We've, started a mentorship program in conjunction with uh, USSA 
um, earlier this year, and I think some other organizations as well. And and I, from what I've been hearing from some of my colleagues that got involved in it from the USSA side, that they've really enjoyed it and have kept up with their mentee. Um, so I believe that's kind of off to a decent start. Um, so it's it's the the website is ypyinternational.org. Correct. Um, and um, and here in Fort Lauderdale, how often are you guys meeting if someone's here in the States? So typically during a during a non-COVID year, uh, we do meet what's monthly like? as well. Yeah, what's that? What does that mean? That was six years ago. Wow. Um, You're that old. We are. Uh, feels like a decade. Feels like a decade. We meet monthly. Uh, that's in our bylaws uh, that we do that. But we also um, have meetings or, or networking cocktail hours uh, for each boat show domestically: Palm Beach, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, in addition, we have some some non-member uh, meeting events. Uh, we have our summer soiree that we usually have during the month of July. Uh, we have an annual banquet uh, in the first of the year, uh, as well as, as I had mentioned, with especially with Katie, we do some volunteer opportunities. I know that Katie was working on uh, volunteering with the Coral Restoration Foundation down in the Keys and, and doing a dive trip and helping them plant coral uh, and so there's a lot of opportunities outside of your standard uh, informational networking monthly events uh, that happen. And so that $150 really, you know, it, it's to cover basic expenses uh, for the organization. But there's a lot to be gained out of it. It just depends on how much you're willing to put in. So outside, that's of, kind of with everything. Uh, I mean, it is it, you get in, you get out of something what you put into it. Sounds like um, you get a lot more out of this than what you you have to put in. You're getting. Uh, how many parties, drinks, cocktails? Um... <laughs> we call that the eat and drink your dues program. Yeah, <laughs> I'm liking this. We 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 try to we try to do as much as we can to to keep our members engaged. Uh -huh. um, obviously, uh, this year has been a bit challenge, more challenging than others. Yes. But I, you know, as a member for the last three years, uh, I can say that I've gotten. Uh, way more than I've put in and I've tried to put in, you know, every ounce that I can when I can. Um, you know, we had our inaugural international trip before, uh, was it 2019 in Croatia where all of the international chapters met for the first time uh, and made some invaluable connections that, that have really been able to pay dividends uh, mm -hmm. when traveling abroad uh, during boat shows. I mean, it's, it really is. I, I could not, I would not be where I am in my career today uh, without having joined um, both professionally and socially. Uh, it, it's it's really made a huge impact in my so, life. So you you're going to find it very difficult when they uh, when they kick you out. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to join uh, a. You'll uh, sit with me an in, in the old PY anonymous group. Yeah, you, you, you can join with me and and all the other old people who can't go in anymore. And we can talk to you well, about what it used to be like for you. We'll, we'll create a club as long as it's... Well, they kept yeah. moving the age up. The game I, I know originally the age was 35. Yes. And I know yes, that so. as the leadership was... They were aging out. You they saw kept that. moving the age up yeah. so they could stay in. They, they've kept it strategically older than they are, but younger than I am. Have you noticed this as well, Kitty? It's like a sweet it's a, spot. It is a, 
it is a communist plot, Dave. Thank you. To thank keep you. you out, man. Thank you. But... And that grandfather clause is just not happening. <laughs> That's a good note to close on. <laughs> exactly. So it's uh yeah. So we I'm very excited. Um, I think our industry is in exceptional hands with such professionals like Katie Hagen yes. and Chris Coleman and. Uh, and I, I feel I feel a lot better, and uh, the YPY organization, um, USSA, is a is a big supporter of. Um, and uh, if you want to find out more about them, you go to ypyinternational.org, um, and uh, we can also find links to them as partners through the USSA website, which is ussuperyacht.com. So thanks so much, you guys. You guys are awesome. And please come back to yeah, us. Thanks any, for the opportunity, guys. Anytime you want to come on the station and talk about why I can't join or other interesting things. <laughs> uh, we, and then you'll get to meet the lovely Maeve. Yes. And the, in all the time, and I've only missed two shows once because ah, I was having surgery. <laughs> Maeve could join. Maeve can join. She's young enough. She's in she the threshold. Is. Yes, yes. Maeve could join. Yes. Uh, so uh, you'll, get your, you'll get your next new recruit in Ireland. Yeah. Get her in touch with uh, with Alina over in our London chapter. I'm well, sure she'd be happy to, to bring her in board and then no. she can go to the Great Teams Yacht Club. No, we'll create we'll, we'll create an Irish chapter. Oh, we could do that too. Do you, do you know the first yacht club in the world? Do you know where that was? I do not. It's the St. St. George Yacht Club in Dublin. Oh. No kidding. That's the first. Well, I'll be First, first ever. Katie, club. why was that not on the wedding trip? <laughs> so we'll. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to make Ireland. I've never been, and I still have family there. So you, one of these days, I'm going to oh, get to Oh, did Ireland. you call us family? We love you too, Kitty. I love you too. Not Thanks very so much, much, Dave. Not at all. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for being with us, Chris. Great to have you back again. And yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. Please, Thanks so much. Please do call on us anytime you want to have a chat. Something big happening in YPY or something small. Uh, we can do this again. Of course, Kitty. As always, ah, it's a pleasure, my dear. It's always so difficult to say goodbye. Bye-bye. Wedding <laughs> is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> it is, but it <laughs> does mark the beginning of my weekend. So thank you for yes, that Yes, exactly. Go tip a pint for me, would you? I can't. We're on lockdown. They're not open. No. The pubs haven't been open since last April. It's a proper pandemic, love. You know, things are bad. Oh. The, it, even the churches are That is the saddest <laughs> thing I've heard uh, all day. I managed one. Wow. I've managed one pint of Guinness since I got back in Ireland. One single pint. Yeah. That's just criminal. We should have been talking. That is criminal. We should have been talking about this for the last hour, not why. Why? About the. <laughs> The hardships. Well, then I'll tip one for you, Dave. Yes, do. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Guys, listen, have a great weekend. Thank you again. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Dave. Thank you, our listeners, for being with us on Update USSA with the wonderful Kitty, with Kate Hagen, and, of course, with Chris, all about YPY and a uh, great organization, ypyinternational.org. Have I got that right? Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. And if you can't find them there, contact us at Super Yacht Radio or, of course, Kitty McGowan at USSA. And uh, we'll put you in touch. Thanks again. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. 